Hi, my name's Elijah and welcome to The Roots Podcast, an interview channel that shares the stories of people in hospitality, whether it be in the restaurant, out in the field, and those in the media. It's a retrospective look on the passion, ambition, and drive involved in a competitive industry. Roots Podcast is proudly supported by Sydney Direct Fresh Produce, the fruit and veg supplier led by Luke Kohler, who has provided Sydney with some of the best and local produce since he was 16 years old and still smashing it out today. Fernando has been slugging it out at Opera Bar for two years now, saying that it is hands down the busiest venue he has ever worked. With being able to do up to 900 cover sittings, even ordering pallets of produce at a time doesn't seem enough. And the busier the restaurant gets, the more intense the kitchen is. And this is something that Fernando is very aware of, which is why he's pushing to maintain a healthy and fun environment at all times. And good mental health is one thing Fernando is openly passionate about supporting. So much so that he has also started an online community called The Chef Shed, which you can follow on Instagram. Cheers for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Is that a or is it oh, it is. Oh, shit, sorry. I didn't mean to ask you. No, no, no. I thought it was out of the list. Electronic ones. Oh, special. Now I feel like a piece of shit. Very good. Very good. Oh, sick. Oh, these all just slide. They all just slide for me, huh? Money, huh? It really takes you far. <laughs> it really does. Jesus Christ. So what, how long have you been at, at Opera Bar so far now? Uh, two years. Just two? Yeah. yeah, yeah, right. I'd imagine working at somewhere that you now call as the, the, the busiest place you've ever worked at would come with its kind of almost hilarious in the shit moments. Oh, there's, there's been a few. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say because uh, I was chatting to, to Anna from uh, The Old Fits. Yeah, yeah. And she was talking about when... And I, honestly, this is the first time I've heard, heard this. Uh, I guess in Old Fits really isn't... It's not fine dining. So I don't know how it is here. But people can order through QR codes. There was a problem that she encountered when, she, when the old fits reopened. So after the first pandemic and they started getting these QR code menus was like, what you don't think about is that when you're in the kitchen, the, the pace of the dockets that come in are not only based on when people just feel like ordering, but also there's a, like just a regular human being can only put in so many dockets at a time, right? It's like one at a time, Yes. right? You, you can't put in 100 at a time, right? And so when they reopened and, and they're a pretty popular pub, right, in Woolloomooloo, and as soon as the pubs reopen, everyone goes out to their pubs, local pubs, and so they're getting packed and the kitchen's starting to open. So they're like, you know, you can start putting your, your orders in, whatever, so everyone gets on their QR code, this whole, whole place, and they're all putting it in at once. And just their docket till just went straight down to the floor full of dockets coming out and, and like they only have like three four chefs just in their kitchen like their kitchen is proper tiny yeah like, i've seen it yeah i've seen it yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. You, know, so you know what i'm talking about like you can't fit 15 chefs in there like no. and their docket just their, their their fucking till just went straight to the floor and she was just like you're fucking kidding me like you know, like, because QR code sounds like a good idea in theory, right? But then when you, when you think, you're like, oh, fuck, that's right. And everyone can order. A hundred people can put in a hundred dockets at the same time yeah. and it not pace, you know? And so she just looked at it and was like, 
yeah. fuck me. We you had know? that exact same problem here. Yeah. Yeah. The, fir- the first couple of weeks when we came back from the pandemic, um, uh, lockdown one, not lockdown two. Um, yeah. We noticed like we were getting up to like 30 minute wait times on food because people just smashing through, smashing through the dockets. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And you know, you'd, you'd blink and you'd have four docket rails worth of Yeah. Especially orders. when you got fucking steaks and shit that you need to do and you got like, you're trying to manage, you can't just look at every docket like, i don't know how much docket space you have but when you're getting bullshit like that you're like and the and the thing the thing with this is like you know you have so one one beacon or one qr code for a table and you have six people ordering off of it yeah, yeah. so you know you'll have like six odd dockets for one table and oh then, so that's annoying and then, yeah and then you're yeah. trying to like marry them all up that's fucked uh, <laughs> but it's fine like we've we've become accustomed to it like it's just it's just the way of life now yeah so you just kind of like you, you see the dockets you're like yeah oh, i saw that number you just you try and marry it all up and send it all together yeah you know yeah, but yeah. sometimes when it does get red hot like you kind of you, you'll miss one and you know if 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 they've ordered it like 30 seconds apart that's like 15 15 dockets behind the, the first one so that is fucking insane yeah did do, do you like Let's talk rail space. Do you actually have enough rail space for what you, like the dockets that you get in or do you kind of have to leave dockets? No, we got, we got six docket rails in there. Oh, that's fucking heaps. Yeah. So not even for like a thousand cover service, you've got plenty of docket space for that. Mate, we, we got it. Like, <laughs> <laughs> this is, I told you, this is... Money, my, money can buy happiness. Yeah, man. Like yeah. Se- seven, <laughs> 17 years nearly I've been doing this now and this is the busiest place that I've ever worked at. That's insane. But is that just in terms of... You've worked in catering, right? So it's it's very different because it, you're, you're talking business in terms of covers or in terms of how much food you have to cook, or is it like the same thing? Like but because like catering has its different side. It's not really covers. It's about quantity of quantity, food. Quantity, yeah. This right? is, this is this is quantity and covers. It's it's both. it's a mixture of both. Yeah. How did how did that feel jumping into that straight away? Was that a bit of a? There's a lot of anxiety, kind of being like, "Fuck me!" It's like overwhelming, you know? Like nah, like I've I, I've done a bit of everything. So I've. I've done catering, I've done hotels, I've done restaurants, I've done, I've, I've done everything. I've done pubs. Um, so coming here, I was like, I felt like it, everything beforehand set me up. Yeah. <laughs> you right. know, like no, I, I, I was, I was ready and nothing was going to surprise me. Like I've, I've, I feel like I've seen not, I haven't seen it all. Like there's still some stories here in the industry and you're like, whoa, okay, that's never happened to me, but yeah. I've, I've seen a lot. So I was, I was ready and I was, you know, fir- first night on that pass, you're kind of like, okay, don't, don't look anxious. Yeah. <laughs> don't fuck it up. But it's, yeah. a, it's a lot. And you have, you know, you had, back then we had like 10 food runners at any given point, just ready to just grab and go. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. yeah that's, we, that's so good. That, don't have to hit the bell all the time. Nah, <laughs> but, mate, there's, there's no bell here. Oh, really? There's no bell. What, just clap? Nah. So we got we got they're, a, they're, they're that ready. Well, yes and no. We've got a light system. So basically, you put you push the button, light starts flashing. They know to come. Wow. That way, you don't get that annoying ding 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 ding. Sophistication. Right. It is. Wow. It is a well-oiled machine here. Wow. Well-oiled. Yeah, but so talk me through this first night because like I can just imagine it. Because for me, I feel like it's like working at a new place, right? There's some sort of responsibility on your shoulders, but you don't really know anything about the menu, the pacing of the kitchen, where shit is, all this, all these little things that kind of make you a little bit flustered, right? As much as you're confident in yourself, you also don't know what the dish is, how to prep anything. So like there are points where you're like, 
you just have to accept that you just don't know as much as you'd like to, but you just have to be confident and get through it. So like talking about that first night, because when you go from, which, which was the place you worked before here? The clock. The clock, right. In terms of you acknowledging the differences there as opposed to here, were, were there some points where you're like, this is pretty insane, the volume of this, or I don't know, I don't know. Like, I mean, even just like, how, many, how often do you get just ridiculous-ass dietaries in such a massive cover service? And like, I know you've got a few menu items that it's, cater to that, it's all some vegan it's, stuff. Yeah, it's, and it's, it's all the time, but, you know... Because um, we get heaps of yellow. Yeah, and we've we also got... We make sure, like, you know, this place is one of those places that the systems are in place. So, you know, we've got allergen matrix, we've got... Allergen um, matrix? Yeah. What the fuck is this? So it's, an allergen matrix is... This, this, yeah, Keanu Reeves on a diet. <laughs> this, this, this is the boring stuff that they don't teach you when you're becoming a chef. Yeah, yeah. So it's basically it just tells you what the dish is, what's in it, at like you know whether it be gluten free, dairy free, nut free, whatever. Yeah. And so then you can literally just go off of this spreadsheet, and they yeah. can just go cool. So this dish. No, it's not gluten-free. Yes, it's dairy-free. So, you know, this person can have it. Also, oh, they do that on the computer software, like the waiters can see and do all that, do you well, mean? Yeah, so they, they, so we've got we've got all of that on the till system. Yeah, so they yeah. can hit like a, oh, that's a, sick. A, like a gluten-free section. It tells them all the items that are gluten-free. Oh, that's nice. And, you know, dairy-free and whatever, uh, vegan. Um, and then we also have it on the, on the board in the kitchen. On the wall, it's all plastered up, so you can just see, you know, what right. the dishes are. It's got the photos, what what it has, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. the t- it's tasting notes and the allergen matrix, so they can see. And rather than annoying me when I've got, yeah, two hundred yeah, yeah. dockets in front Guys, of me. Guys, do you reckon you can just do a dish <laughs> like you know without this? Yeah. Yeah. So they'll 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 look at that. Yeah. And then yeah. if they're like, oh, I don't know if we can get away with this, like they really want this chicken, but it's got so and so, then they'll come and ask me and be like, hey, can we? Yeah. You know, yeah. Can we sort that out? Yeah, I'm like yeah, yeah, it's not a problem. <laughs> Have you had any people uh, just m- make it through the matrix and just there's like n- you're like, nothing for it? like you got nothing? Oh for yeah, it or yeah, like, yeah, yeah. So- sometimes or there's some that you still have to alter some dishes that are a bit pain. Yeah, we actually had one on Saturday, I believe it was. I actually had to go out and talk through what she was allergic to. It was it was easier for her to tell me what she could eat than was it what- a fobmat. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I, well, I think it was. She didn't describe it as that. If it was she, like a list of random things, it was yeah, probably a FODMAP. FODMAP yeah. yeah, so yeah, she was yeah. Just, it was easier for her to tell me what she could eat than what she couldn't eat. So we just kind of devised um, what she could have. Yeah. It's really yeah. easy. It's easier that way sometimes. It's heaps easier just talking. We literally had the same experience over the weekend where the head chef was like, I'm sick of just this like middle communication yeah. between the customer and it's uh, almost like Chinese whispers it right? is it is because then they're like oh I don't know maybe they said this I'm like, I, don't know, I don't know because then you're you know because they go ask their own questions and the yeah. chef's like ask them questions and they have to go back it's like and he was like fuck this I just he went out he talked to her and he's like that was the most productive two minutes I've ever spent with a like an allergy diet person in my life he's yeah. like now I know it I really understand what to do you know and I, I can just imagine be the same thing yeah it's exactly the same yeah yeah, yeah. fuck me well there you go I gotta say I just I can't imagine. I'm I'm excited to come in here and just see what it's like on a, on a night, just so I can gauge how crazy it is, and then what it's like in the kitchen. Because you know sometimes you can just see like even in a, even in, uh, in the restaurant it could be a little chaotic and busy, and then the kitchen is just like really collected and controlled. Whereas sometimes it can even be the opposite, where the outside is very like refined and and well done, and then the kitchen is like fuck. 
all this yeah. other shit. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Look, it's actually the opposite. Like it's 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 like that here. So it's we're not chaotic. We're we're chill. Yeah. Like we're having a good time in there. People are still. It's we're getting pumped, but people are still smiling. People are still cracking jokes. You know, everyone's in a good mood. Um, I always try to make sure that it's always good vibes in that kitchen. Mm. Um, we don't have any music only because like you need to communicate. Oh man. Yeah. Music's, so good. music's good, but no, nah, not in that kitchen. <laughs> not in that kitchen. Like when I, when I first started, um, I tried to put music on and I got told no, no music. Oh really? And then, then I realized why, because if you have music, it's a distraction and you guys need to communicate all, all right. the time. Um, you know, it's, it's it's big enough that like you know you don't want to be shouting three meters across right. the kitchen yeah right you know gotcha. and you, you, pots are banging plates are crashing yeah you know? sure it's already it's already a musical event in there you, know? <laughs> you don't want to you don't you don't want to add to it it sounds like um, home you know yeah exactly yeah um, but you know go, going back to your question about my first night here I was lucky enough you know talking about systems in place that I had a really good handover. Right. You know, it wasn't like the head chef just walked out and you, you know, I think this is the, one of the first venues that I've ever walked into and everything was done. Like, you know, I didn't have to come in and fix this or like, you know, the staff were, you know, on about to walk out because right. the head chef was a prick or, yeah, sure. you know, the food cost was out or, yeah. you know, anything like that. Like, this is the first kitchen that like I walked into and was like, here you go, silver platter. Just, just just take over really <laughs> yeah it was great it was a, it was a, it was actually a nice experience so the previous head chef uh laura she now is the executive chef for matt moran oh wow so she didn't actually leave she just moved up yeah sure so you know she came in and she obviously fixed things um first thing i remember she t- she always tells the story first thing that she ever did was put um printers on every section um, and it makes sense. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. Instead of running around, it, throwing was, over dockets. Yeah, or, or, ye- or yelling it out and then being like, oh, why, you know, why did you miss this steak? You know, oh, you right. know? So it, yeah, it makes sense. So everyone's getting the same docket. Everyone's getting the same docket. Everyone knows what's going on. Oh, so now there's six dock bloody till rolls fucking dock space. doesn't make sense. I thought it was one till roll. <laughs> oh, no, no, like no. So six. there's, so there's there, I've got six... I've got six docket rails for me on the pass. Oh, for you? Yeah. Fucking hell. I thought that was for all the sections. Nah, every section's got their own their own docket rails. Well, they've all got six. No. Uh, <laughs> Fucking hell. No, uh, they've got probably like three on each section. Fucking hell. Yeah. I've seen like two at the best of times. No. Nah. Three at a cafe if you're lucky. That's six. Jesus Christ. You know you're in Solitaire. Yeah. You're, like I said, you're a world of a machine. You're yeah, here, yeah. If, if you need it and it's going to make it you know better faster do it yeah i guess so fucking hell but what's that but you're saying that's what part of what made it so easy is just do you think a part of that is because it has so much money that it can just fix problems right you know what i mean like throw money at problems to make it easier or is, or is it just the fact that it's not no, it's is it's, it just the organization even the, if it had no the, money it's just the communication the organization right money money's good but yeah. it's not it's not always the answer yeah right like you know we don't just throw money it's like, oh yeah just yeah it's fucking three grand yeah sure get it no yeah, we're, yeah. we're not like that here no 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 it we, is just good we got we manage our money really well we don't just throw throw money for the sake of throwing money we always you know yeah we always yeah. assess something is it worth it can you it do is, it another way yeah, yeah. <sighs> it's funny because when you work at different restaurants different levels whether it be in sydney regional or cafes and you see the way they think and the way they solve problems whether it even be it's like 
having to to make shit yourself like I, I like you look at Ben Devlin up at Pippet and the amount of things he was like like he you relatively when you open up a small regional restaurant you're working on such a small budget right and well not a small budget you're working on a budget but after that when you've got used all your money to open it you're working on a very tight one it's like he did all the tiling and shit himself all that sort of stuff and he's like makeshifting like uh, he's friends with the Leah from Grit who's like has a ceramics plate shop and yeah. I don't know if you follow him you see all the yeah, cool yeah. shit he's doing and um, they did a what's it fucking made a trolley kiln and I was like that's like that's <laughs> the kind of in- ingenuity that, that you like to see in a restaurant where it's like it's not just like throwing money it's like really thinking about how can we do it like how can we learn or teach ourselves to do something different or better without it just being like oh, I'll just pay someone to do it because it helps you grow as a chef, it helps you the way you think, the way your ability to, to problem solve, which in the kitchen is so good, right? Because there are so many people, I suppose for, for, for our chefs, we're really problem solving in that aspect when it comes to dietaries is such a good, it's almost like a... It's, it's kind of what we do though, right? Like yeah, we, we're yeah, consta- yeah. We're constantly problem solving, whether it be, a, you know, a missed docket or, a, you know, the, the, the doors the doors falling off the hinge on the, the fridge. You yeah, know? yeah, like, yeah. It happens all the time. It happens all the time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah whatever, whatever it may be, like we're just constantly problem solving. Oh, somebody's called in sick. Cool, let's pay, let's pay roster Tetris. You know? Exactly. And yeah, move yeah. things around. Like, and it keep, I think that's one of the things that keeps it so engaging where it's not just under pressure cooking food. There's so much more to making it really interesting and engaging, right? And, and I don't know. It, it kind of seems like a, a problem solving game. Yeah. In a sense, you get to work and you're like, all right, what, what, what problems are we going <laughs> to have today? You know? What am I fixing? To, what, <laughs> what fire am I putting out? <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, what fire am I putting out? Like, what bullshit is going to happen today? And you're just like chopping away and someone's like, can't do this. You're like, fuck, all right, here we go. It's just, yeah, it's, it's, it's mentally challenging and you, you kind of want that. Like, otherwise yeah. life would be boring, right? Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, otherwise yeah. I'd be, you know, no offense to office people, but I'd be in an office pretty, pretty bored. Like, you know, I kind of, I get, I get off on this, you know, the adrenaline every yeah, day, yeah, yeah. you know, coming in and feeling like I, I did something today. I, I succeeded at something, <laughs> you know, I made it out alive. Yeah. yeah. Well, let, let's get back to that because I want to talk about the times where problem solving just isn't quite enough when we're talking about being in the shit. <laughs> <laughs> some we're just some of those days where it's like, there's no amount of problem solving. It's just good hardcore pushing and like that that's all you can do it's not just like sometimes it's just work you have to just work hard uh, and not yeah. like far, far, oh, work smart yeah like do you know do you know what i mean like when we t- i feel like your best stories would be here if they're going to be anywhere but unless you have stories about it being somewhere else at the catering because i saw you work at you worked at aria catering so i know nell yeah. used to work there way back when as well before he had his own restaurant yeah so he's told me stories about what that's like but it's i mean it's just it's also catering so it's like it's just more funny stories about the people you work with as opposed to the things that you do oh yeah like you know 100 percent catering catering is definitely one of the the ones where have the most interesting stories because you're out of your element like (laughs) like here here it doesn't matter how how bad the sink the ship is sinking you're in control you're in your kitchen you're in your comfort zone right so there's always like a you know, the, you know there's always ace up your sleeve or you know yeah, yeah, something yeah. you can be like yeah got it, but catering you know you could be in the middle of a field, you know where uh, you know your the closest shop is forty minutes away. So if you forgot the parsley, yeah, mate, yeah. You, 
that's a, that's almost an hour and a half round trip to go get that parcel. You know <laughs> what I mean? So you know, if it's go time, yeah, yeah. Um, and what, yeah, I've, we've 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 I've had that before. Like I'm not gonna I'm not gonna name names and shit on people here, but you know, I, I, I did I did an event and um, it was it was four and a half thousand people, but we were told to cater for three thousand people. Yeah, right. So it was we were booked through a. Um, through an event company and this wasn't with Aria Catering this was with a, this was I'm going to put that straight up now this was with another catering company that um, isn't around anymore um, and yeah so we we catered for you know 3,000 people as yeah, you do yeah. that's what we were told to cater for but you know there's 1,500 people that we didn't account for so all the food ran out like two hours before it should have wow so you had <laughs> The ops manager, the sous chef in their cars, driving, just taking everything and anything that they could from, like, the local Woolies and Coles to, like, just make it happen. Fuck. Yeah. Like, we, 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 were, we were chopping up, like, you know, the, the, dis- the displays, like, the fruit and veggies and stuff that were on display. Like, yeah, yeah. You know, just to, like, make something <laughs> <laughs> to get through. Uh, that yeah, that was probably one of the most red hot days. They were like, oh, I've got no, you know, and you had everybody was on radios, so they had us all in like food stands and stuff, like yeah, in, yeah, in shacks, and you just heard one at, one after another, just be like, I'm out, I'm out, yeehaw, we're down, <laughs> you know, and it's like, oh, I'm still going, fuck. See, I didn't realize that when you when you're doing the the catering, that you're also doing the on site cooking as well yeah i didn't really i thought there'd be two separate kind of teams for that where you get uh, yeah right no you you you, ca- you cater for it you, you're there doing it wow that's nuts mm. were there any were there any uh locations that especially early on when you kind of joined your career that kind of like wowed you in a sense where like for me for example i did one with uh chris benaday out I don't, I don't even know if i can say where but it was like like mosman or something like that where it's just like stunning yeah and the houses are just fucking beautiful like and i just like i like i grew up in housing commission down south you know so like <laughs> when when you grow up in a house that's probably as big as what we're in here like a shipping container and you walk into a house like that that has a has an elevator yeah. you're like for fuck me you know like this is just what i I, did, I felt really out of place you know but like just you feel like at every step you're like wow like you're walking through a different universe, a world out there, you know? Oh, mate. I, I don't I, know. I, I totally understand. Look, I, I grew up in Granville, so yeah. I'm, I'm from the Western <laughs> suburbs, mate. So you're, you're, you're preaching to the choir here. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, like, you know, I've, I've had... Um, you really appreciate those things more, you know? 100%. Like, so it was, a, it was a house in Point Piper. I'm not going to say who it was, it, it was owned by, but we, we did the catering for it. Um, yeah, it was one of those houses. Like, you pull up, there's security at the gate. <sighs> You know they they check check the van, tennis court in the front stuff. yard. Yeah, yeah. like you'd have to, you'd have to bring make sure you bring ID because we would have to submit um, who was actually working the job. Oh and really? Yeah, you had to do all that sort of stuff. So they, they check all the ID. Um, yeah, it was five five levels. I think level two and three were like personal, like private residences, so you couldn't go on them. Level four was like a four hundred packs um, ballroom for functions, and then level five was like a private the uh, private bar and dining and all that sort of stuff. Place had its own pool, helicopter pad. Like, yeah, you kind of. It was it was one of, one of those things. Like you'd go on the harbour and be like, oh, I wonder who lives there. Well, now I know. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Fucking hell. It was it was it was monstrous, and they had their own yeah commercial kitchen. Full, yeah. F- full time, 
full-time chef for the family. Wow. Um, but because, you know, all like the catering and stuff was kind of out of his contract. Yeah. So yeah, he didn't yeah. do any of that sort of stuff. He would just, he was literally just for the family. So wow. there was a, it was great because there was a core room, commercial kitchen. Um, they would supply kitchen hands as well. That's so crazy. Sometimes the catering, you would just like put everything in crates, take it, take it back to base and then the kitchen and the base would clean it. But these guys had their own plates and stuff. So we just had to take the food and gastros and stuff and yeah, then the plates yeah. and all that sort of stuff was was them fuck me sometimes i don't know sometimes you just sit and wonder and you're like man like would it would it be nice you know like like would, would you would you want to try it but then i just think like it's just there's something so nice about in a kitchen with like your brigade of people yeah. that are just like come where you've come from you know where it's like it's it's family right it's the, family it, yeah, it's, yeah that's what it is instead it's, of cooking for a family yeah you know? like you you <laughs> You're in that, you know, in those kitchens, like, I, I consider those guys my family because, like, I spend more, I see them more than I see my kids. Oh, 100%. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, and that's why I definitely got, like, a no dickhead policy in my kitchens. Yeah, you don't want to like, waste time. Yeah. Nah. Like, I want to I want to get along with everybody in there. I want to want to have a real connection with them and, you know, know that, like, I've got your back, you've got mine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know when it comes down to it, like, ah, oh, dude, it's so nice. Can I just say, I'm, like, I've never worked in a team more than... I don't know, more than like four or five, oh, actually, no, yeah, like, was it six or something like that? But like more than like six people in a restaurant, right? Like in, in, the, in the, the, the kitchen, like at once. It's not that they have more employees, but for the amount of people in the kitchen. Yeah. Uh, and I, th- I think it was like maybe like seven chefs. I haven't really worked in a kitchen more than seven chefs. So I don't really know what it's like. I've heard stories of people working at like Key and Aria where you got like a big team. And so the relationships that you develop with everybody isn't as concentrated as a three or four, you know, but it doesn't mean that your dickheads are assholes. It just means that like, well, there's so many people, you're not going to be able to just sit and have a conversation with everybody every day. Yeah. You know, whereas like when you got three or four, you can just have an open conversation. And I really like a, a small, neat team. Do you feel that 15 is small or is that kind of on the borderline of not really... Not really. Like we spend so much time together in this kitchen. Like right. it's just it's normal. I think we've got thirty. I think there's thirty five chefs in total. In total, and six kitchen hands in that yeah, kitchen. Yeah, yeah. So it's, you know, it's a, it's, it's a, still big. Still pretty big. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, not 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 the biggest, but yeah, I, I I know what you mean. Like I worked at I worked at big places like Ramic Grace Course and Roseville yep. Gardens and that sort of stuff. When you got like hundreds of chefs. Oh really? Yeah. That's fine. Mate, roll, roll call was I think like eighty chefs. <laughs> Jesus Christ! Yeah, that's insane. Yeah, but it's not. It's not the same. You no, know, it's, like, it's not, it, that's that's definitely not the same. But it, but in a place like this, because you, you know, everybody's got certain certain days off and all that sort of stuff. You do actually spend a good like two or three days with everybody in on the same shift and whatnot. It's not like, you know, it's not like a hotel where like you know when I was when I was working at the Hilton. Um, like I remember there was there was two guys who had never met. Because one guy did the one guy did the, the mornings like he was in the he was in the pastry section so he was like in the bakery department so he would do early mornings, and and then the afternoon crew would come in so like they worked together for five years and never met each other really yeah well they never had a Christmas party <laughs> yeah but even but even, but even, at, even at the Christmas no, party no, like no. they never they, they never had no clue who they, they never way. interacted because that's, they just, that's there fucking was no crazy that's crazy that that's oh. I think for a kitchen like. You're right. Like it's so much about it being a family. Like that when when you hear that, you're like, "What the fuck, man!" Yeah. Like that's just insane. That's huge. I don't know. Yeah, I just I think personally, I think I really enjoy a small handful. I feel like 
it's so much better when you all really know each other and you, yeah. you get on, you go through the same shit and you're like, it's like the, the trauma bonding of things, you know? And it's like, it's good. I think it's I, good. I completely understand what you mean. Like I have this company. So other than the Hilton and Solitel, I've generally worked for like owner operated businesses. Um, so yeah, like three, four ki- chefs in a yeah, kitchen yeah, yeah, type yeah. scenario. Um, so I, I get what you mean. And, I try to bring that to here. Yeah. You yeah. Know, and to all the kitchens that I work in, you know, like I said, I've, I, I got to know that they've got my back as much as I've got theirs. Like yeah. it doesn't matter how, how big or how small, like if they, if they need something from me, they can, they know that they can come to me and ask me for something or, you know, ask for a favor or a day off or whatever. And yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. look after each other. Being so what you've been a head chef slash executive chef for like seven, eight years around about, around about, around about. And, I think the important transition between going from like CDP to like head chef would be realizing there's more politics at play than cooking food or supply and ordering all those like, you know, formalities of running a kitchen. There's more politics. And and I don't mean politics in terms of your relationship with the owners and the business. I mean, just like making sure that everybody gets on and that there's no... The, pe- the people management. The, the people management. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And you don't realize all this until you get to that role and you realize how much or how often there's like little issues or the way someone says something to somebody that annoys them and it starts out <laughs> like, and you're like, fuck me. Like, I don't know. Like, I feel like these are all these extra skills that you learn and develop, but like, how have you noticed that change in different kitchens as well? Because I'm interested in like, the types of chefs that may work in a fine diner or f- that work in a pub or catering and how they get on with each other because they all have different mindsets as, as like to their work and their passion and their commitment to those, you know? Did, do you understand what I'm saying? Like, yeah, I guess I There are different understand. chefs that do like different types of cooking and like fine dining chefs have a mind, different mindset to catering. And So when I, w- when I was in restaurants and, you know... I w- it was it was my younger days, so I, I kind of feel like I was partly to blame. Like you know, we we're kind of always trying to you're always trying to outdo yourself, right? right. Like you're always trying to be better, do better. You know, always mm. stay fresh. Yeah. Um. So you kind of have that you know push on sort of mentality, and you know this it was kind of like my second head chef role uh, over in Darlinghurst, um, in a place called Food Society that's no longer there anymore, and we. Look, we, we won awards. We, we were a great, great team. Yeah, but yeah. everybody was just constantly pushing to be better. Yeah, yeah. Um, But in saying that, like, yeah, sometimes it gets a bit toxic, right? Like, you know, somebody, people are trying to outdo each other in a sense. And oh, the arrogance, to, you mean? Yeah. Right. Um, and I've, you know, going back from then to now, the thing that I've learned is it starts with me. Like, leave, leave the ego at the door. Right. You know what I mean? Gotcha. You know, like I remember back then, I I didn't want to work there. I wanted all the glory. I wanted to, I wanted to be the, the, the one that got ridden up about. I wanted to, you know, I wanted it to be all about me. Right. Um, where now, man, I love a good collaboration. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love I love I love working with 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 my team, whether they be you know the, the exec exec chefs or, um, you know, here my my own CDPs and my sous and like you know it's it's a it's it's an open open door forum, you know. Yeah. Any any ideas? Let's yeah, let's let's take it on board. Let's try it out. Yeah. yeah. Um. So yeah, like you know, and then going same sort of thing, like, you know, when you're in catering, because it's a lot of, a lot of 
casuals like uh, you know you, when yeah. it comes to catering it's it's a very small pool of um especially when you're doing big, like when you work for a bigger catering company it's a small pool of full-timers and then the rest are just filled up with casuals yeah because sure. obviously you're not you're not busy for 12 months of the year obviously yeah there's you know there's there's peak times and then it drops off for a few months yep. and then you know if, you, if you're doing the circuit which i did for about 12 and a half uh 12 12 months 18 months um you kind of you kind of know like you know, during winter, you hit up the stadiums because that's when the footy's on and right, you know, gotcha. the sports and the concerts are on. And then during mm. summer, you you got the big, the big outdoor events. And then in spring, you got the spring carnival on. And, you know, you kind of, you do the circuit. But uh, you would see that a lot of guys would, yeah, would be like, notice me, notice me. Because, you know, if, if they're being noticed, they're going to get the shifts, they're going to get the hours. Yeah. So it's also that sort of... Um, I wouldn't say arrogance, but you're trying to definitely like push that a little bit harder to be like, oh, he's a good worker. Yeah, we better we better put him on next week, you know. Right. Um, to to retain, uh, you know, those hours because otherwise you're a casual. You could get one one day only, and you're like, well, I can't I can't pay rent with one day's work. <laughs> so, I think this is an interesting point because I feel like most chefs, I'm not going to say all, they'll just be generalizing, but go through this wanting or this need to, to prove something, you know, that they, that they not only love what they do, that they're, but they're creative or that they're committed or that they're a good chef, you know? And it, it's crazy because, like, being a good chef just naturally takes time. Like, it's like you, we're learning all the time. It doesn't matter whether you're the Brent Savages of the world or the Matt Morans or you or me or whatever, whatever level. Like, we're all still learning, you know? Like, and you can be a good chef at whatever level but there's this the point of the annoying thing about the arrogance is that it leaves very little room to let people know that you feel like you're still learning because this arrogance kind of gives this air of no nah, I know more or I know better or I know the right way and that is what can be the toxic thing yeah. because there's no room to adapt or change you know because they're, they're, they're so fit and going or they're so got this mindset of going no like i i know right or i'm i'm the best at this or, or whatever and it's like that's that's the really annoying thing especially i feel like when you work with such a big team of who people have such varied experiences and vast different knowledge like you're leaving your, you're leaving your ability to learn at such a small percentage and i think that that's what maybe can make it so toxic so like when someone's trying to teach you you're like you you, you almost take it as a they're telling me I'm doing something wrong or they get defensive about it as opposed to them just wanting to actually just like show a different way of doing something. And I don't know, maybe maybe that's kind of what you see in a kitchen or is that part of what you see when you come to this like toxic, if someone's trying so hard to prove something because they feel they're so stubborn in their ways or they're so right about something and it clashes with somebody else who's just like wanting to just teach or learn. I don't know, like is that... Uh- you, you you see it every, you see it everywhere. Like yeah. it's not I'm not even gonna put, I'm not even gonna label this just as the kitchens. That's that's just that's just you know, humanity. Yeah. It's yeah. pride. Yeah. You yeah, know, yeah. and the soon the sooner you, you learn and you know, I've I always got taught at a very young age that you learn something new every day. And I I've always lived by that motto. Um, you know, but most recently it, a good mate of mine, Luke, um, put it to me a bit more bluntly and he goes in life just accept your first step you're gonna suck mm. doesn't matter what it is he's like you know when my when my when my daughter was born he's like i sucked as a father because i didn't know what to do 
You know, when he when he opens up his business, he's like, I, I sucked at running the business. <laughs> um, you know, he's like, that's that's his motto. You suck, and yeah. and the sooner you accept that, you like you said, it's about growing, time, learning. Mm. You know, I I feel like the further you're going to get in life. You know, I've I've always said, and even to this day, you learn. You know, yeah, you learn something new every day. And the day that I I'm not going to learn anymore is the day I'm going to die. Yeah, yeah. Because you know, you need to be open to wanting to take things on board. You know, it, it only makes us better. You know, whether it be in in the kitchen, as people, um, as as a society. Um, yeah, like it's just, like it, it. It did take me a while, you know. I think chefs can be quite proud, and I'll I'll pull my hands up and say like, yeah, I've, you know, yeah, even even to this day, I'll make I'll make, cocky, I'll make cocky little jokes, but you know, um, yeah, we just need to just leave the ego at the door sometimes, and just just try to try to learn off things and yeah. learn from each other. Like you know, that's the great thing about this group where all the other head chefs I'm really good friends with. So like, if I'm stuck with anything, I'm not gonna pretend like it's okay and I'll, I'll get through it. I'll just pick up the phone and call whoever's best suited yeah, yeah, um, yeah. to, you know, give, give me a recipe or give me a hand or why isn't this working? Like, do you have a, do you have a sneaky, <laughs> sneaky chef tip, you know, that you can, that you can teach me, yeah, yeah, you know, and being in this precinct, you know, I've got um, Opera Kitchen right next door, which we also manage. So I've got Declan, um, who's the head chef there and we're really good friends. Um, got aria just up the stairs i've got chop house three blocks away yeah yeah. so like you know i've got my boys backing me up (laughs) (laughs) Uh, have you ever had any uh i've gone through this recently but have you ever had any uh uh chefs or staff that their egos so fucked that you just you just tell them to pack their shit up and get out because they're just there are some dickheads yeah who are just so you know what i mean they're just like Oh man, like you just want to, you, you want them to just be 20 years ago, you can just smack them and just tell them to get fucked, but you can't do that. Have you ever, have you, have you ever had it? No, but I'm serious. Some people just need a good smacking. But have you ever had any chefs or, or, or I say chefs because that's people that you, you manage, not yeah. just like front of house stuff, where their, their attitude or ego is just so bad. You're like, you know what? I've tried, we've sat down, but you're still, you're still a cunt. Pack your shit up and go. Or have you never no, experienced no, that just yet? No, no, unfortunately I have. You have? <laughs> yeah. Um, but no, I've ne- it's, it's never been the, the just pack up and, and go type scenario. I've, I've sat them down and given them the, the hard truth. Yeah, like, yeah. Oh, you have to. Yeah, 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 like, yeah. yeah. you got to try. Yeah, so like, yeah, I've, I've, I've had it a couple of times and I just literally sit them down and like, cool. So look, you're not as good as you think you are. <laughs> you know, I, I put it a bit more nicely, but basically yeah, yeah, tell yeah. them like, you know, you're... You're you're down here, but you think you're up here. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. if you want to get up here, like let's work together and get you there. And then you know they kind of walk away with a tail between their legs, and you know one or two things are going to happen. They're going to realize and you know kind of come to you for help and and you know want to change and, and get better, or they're going to get cranky and just be like, no, that's it, I'm done. Um, yeah, it's 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 happened. Look, we've we've seen it all before, and I've, and I and and I've I've been through it. Like I wouldn't go as far as saying is I want to smack them, but <laughs> but, but sometimes you're just like, can you just can I just press the mute button because sometimes they just they they're the type of people that like to ramble on. Oh man, <laughs> they just make you so like. Literally, I just I only say that because we had had this guy recently. I'm not gonna. I can't really say anything about it, but. He was just a proper, proper dickhead. 
Like, Look, I, in, honestly, in my, in my years in the kitchen, I've never met somebody as irritating. And it just, oh, man. He's not there anymore. He did left very quickly. But I know which I was just cheering. Absolutely cheering for. In, 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 which is so crazy. In time of staff shortages, I couldn't have been more happy to see this guy go and just have, be without him. Like, it's just like, oh, man. Like, it's not worth the, the, when you're putting in so much time and effort. It's like we were saying before. Like, when you, it's not worth putting in the time and effort if someone's just going to be a dickhead. Yeah. You know? And it's like, man, like, I don't need this, like, this stress or this mental worry. Like, and, you know, like, I want to come here and love what I do with the people that I know work hard. And I can't have one person be the, the weak link in here, like, bringing everybody down every day, you know? Like, I need everybody to be, to be positive. Like, it's so important. 100%. Like. 100%. I mean, this is what you're all about. Like, this is why you started the men's shed as well, right? Like, chef shed. Oh, sorry, chef shed. Yeah. Where, it, because it, at some point, you've got to remember that, like, mental health, especially in hospitality, is so fucking important, right? Yeah. Like, I don't know. I don't know why. Like, why, why, why did you start that? Like, obviously, you came to that realization. But in terms of wanting to have a community, you know, like, obviously, you know it's for you. But in terms of helping other people, like, how did you get to that point where you're like, man, there's so many dickheads here that like it just sometimes ruin people's days when it's so not necessary and you kind of see the toll it takes on people on such on already such a tough industry that the little things that you can do that starts with you to help people get through their day better or be happier or be more positive can make such a big difference, you know? So basically that started off... Um, uh, look, I'm just, I'm just going to put it out on the table. So I, I got separated. Yep. And when that happened, I was not in a good place. Sure. Um, and again, being a being a chef, like people at work didn't even know that that was going on because I was, you know, quite private. Had to, you know, being the head chef, I wanted to, you know, keep the standard and not let people know that I was going through stuff. Yeah. Um, and trying to just push through when, you know, pretend like everything's sweet and I'm smiling and cracking on at work. But, you know, at home, things are falling apart. Yeah. Um, so I guess I kind of started this in a sense to heal, you know, for myself. Um, and then also, you know, it was, it was around the time where like every, every couple of months you were hearing about chefs committing suicide. It's crazy. Yeah. Um, you know, we had the, had the one at, um, the, I think it was the Newtown Hotel guy actually did it, you know, in the workplace everyone finished up and i i didn't know the guy but it kind of it was a little bit too close to home yeah right you know then when i started you know trying to help myself and reaching out i realized that there was others that were in the same boat that were just wanted somebody to talk to yeah, yeah. um so you know it was kind of my way of getting people together and yeah. kind of you know we've got are you okay day and all that sort of stuff but you know kind of trying to break that stigma within hospitality because again like we spoke about before like we are proud yep. you know it's you know we're not always the type of people that wear our hearts on our sleeves and yep. you know we kind of that everything's fine keep calm carry on push on like you know just get the day done um, you know that was kind of that mentality and I realised that that needed to change and a lot of that was just simple phone call um, you know to each other making making ourselves accountable for each other and yeah we just need we just need to look after each other like you oh know, fucking oath just be just be there for, for one another you yeah, know? It's, yeah. A, it's as simple as you know sometimes it's as simple as you know if, you, if you're going to the pub yeah person pours your beer thank you 
hope you have a great day. Yeah, yeah. You know, because you never know. The guy, the guy that they served before you might have been an absolute prick. Oh, I know. Yeah, yeah. And right. hospitality is heaps of them. 100%. Yeah, yeah. Heaps of pricks. So, no. yeah, it's, 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 it's a, important, man. It's important. It really is. Like, it's so, so often. And I, I think it's also just coming back to one of those things that you realize as a head chef, like, when we talk about the politics of people management, like, managing, like, people's mental health is just one of those things that you don't or that you underlook when you're a chef or like sorry commie or cdp or like you kind of start to understand or, or take notice of it when you're a sue but then more head chef you're like okay like the people going through separate things and need to yeah. be cautious or wary or, or help them in any way you can you know and it's like you know you, you really do value it more especially when you go through things yourself you know and you really start to like kind of existentially look and put yourself out and go you become more understanding instead of instead of like being this whole i I know i've definitely gone through this mindset where it's like anyone who takes a day off it's like oh enjoy your holiday mate like you know it's like yeah we never take days off you know like log out they they call them sick oh letting the team down yeah Yeah, you go through that you know where it's like sometimes people will just have shit going on like you just need to fucking not be so judgmental, you know. That the more time you spend in the industry, the more experience, and the older you get, you're like, no, like, life happens, man. Like, some people 100%. just need time, like, and it's important. It's really good that you, you've started that, especially for like hospitality as well, you know, like, to, to target that specifically to have a place where people in the industry get each other, can talk about the same experiences, and can help each other get through it. Like, especially at a time like this, like over the pandemic, like so many I talked to so many chefs who just went through that kind of personal down period oh, you know where we all did yeah we all did it's like there's nothing we love more than just being in the kitchen you know than just the sounds of the pots crashing uh, the cutlery like you know like hitting and you're like we're a bit sadistic like that aren't we oh, yeah yeah <laughs> the, you know like and, and you just the, the sound of, of the spoon going in a spoon pot full of water and just like and the bell and the docket till and just the, the, the exhaust fans you know like that f- it feels like home it you does. know like that's where you feel it's your comfort zone it's your comfort zone yeah, yeah yeah but not in any kind of lazy or any kind of like I don't know like complacent way no. it's just like I'm comfortable here because I love this yeah. and I love pushing hard here because it's just it's home for me and it's just that's what it is and when you go home and you're at home for all that time you're like this doesn't feel right no like, like I'm anxious you know like I need to be in a kitchen you like know it, like uh, yeah, I'll, I'll be the first to admit like if I'm cooking at home you know I'll, I'll throw a pot or pan around just to get that noise because you're just like <laughs> you yell at yourself it's too quiet yeah, I don't yeah, like yeah, it yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> why is this sauce undercooked you fuck that's <laughs> <laughs> right yeah. smack, yeah, smack yeah, the yeah. dishwasher a little bit to get that plate yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Plate smack moving. yourself in the face yeah. yeah yeah it's so funny no but it's, it's, it's so true because it's like we all went through that you know and yeah. it's like and I like I really made a conscious effort to like call my mates and be like hey man how are you doing like like because I knew what I was going through so I was like fuck like I'm, I know I'm not alone like and so I'd call people and, and, and you'd catch them on those days where they're going through that and you're like let's just talk about it man like it's so important like and it's exactly what you're trying to do with that and it's fuck like it's good I think it's really really good that, that I, someone's taking the lead well, I'll, I'll be the first to put my hand up so the, fir- the first lockdown I, w- I was literally a sack of shit. Yeah. You yeah. know, I'd, I've been working... Oh, I hated it, eh? Mate, I've been working full-time in a kitchen since I was 16. Yeah. Never really taken much holidays, you know. Yeah. Never took time off between jobs. 
So, you know, so we're talking like 17 years working full time and then all of a sudden they're just like, you can't work anymore. I went through an existential crisis. I was like, I know. Who am I? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what, like, what? What, do you, what do you mean? This is home? <laughs> like, I live I don't, here? <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I don't know how to not do this. I'm, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm a, I'm a workaholic. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, what do you, what do you, what do you mean I can't go to work? Yeah, so, yeah. You know, for for the fir- for the first two weeks, you know, I was I was kind of going through the motions. Like I was literally on the couch because I'm like, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know what's going on. I don't know how long this is going to last. Like, you know, it was. I was like, holy crap. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I did. I didn't. I didn't know what to do. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, and then I got I got the phone call for um, that they were going to open up Chiswick back up for a takeaway, and I was just like. Let's go. Yeah, let's go. I need something. To I do. need something. Like yeah. what? You you want, you want me to? Let, we're cleaning. Let's clean. Let's clean. <laughs> Keep cleaning. Yeah. You're like mm, caustic. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but no. But that's what's so funny, and I, I think I said this to Anna as well. Is that like the? Oh, I don't know if you remember seeing the ad or marketing campaign that went around, and it was like promoted by like Neil Perry and like Shannon Martinez I think Matt Moran and all these chefs and it was the get the jab that it was like aimed for hospitality yes and like it opens up and whoever shot it was well beautifully crafted like whoever shot it which apparently then they're not chefs I was talking to Anna like the people who did that shooting weren't chefs or or worked in kitchens but like it just felt like the way they did it Mm. it was almost as if they worked in kitchens because like when you watch it you're like this, someone should make a movie. Yeah, like, like whoever I'm, did this should make a chef's movie because this I'm is I'm ready sick. to cook. Yeah, yeah, yeah got you excited. Exactly, yeah, yeah. I was at home and I was like, oh, this is, I miss being in the kitchen. I was like, I'll get a jab for this, yeah. you know? And I was like, whoever did that is fucking good because that's exactly like, the, they just captured, the, the just, there was no music. It was just the sounds of a kitchen. And I was like, I, I know it was aimed for hospitality because whoever did it just knew exactly what people in hospitality miss about being in a kitchen, you know? <laughs> and I just, I think about that and I'm like, man, like, and I was just, I thought that was very, very good because it's just those sounds that you miss, especially when you're at home all the time. You're like, fuck, like, I just want to get back into it. Yeah. But yeah, it's just, I don't know. It's good there's light on the other tunnel. 100%. He's We're, praying that it's not going to happen again. Mate, uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm hoping not. Um, it feels good to be back. It feels good. You man. know, last, last week was one of the, busiest weeks we've had in like two years and I'm not going to lie it felt good it felt good to be busy again it felt good to to do, cook for that many people it felt good to just to just be like this this is what Christmas season should feel like you know last year was a bit lackluster you know um, so this year I was just like it, it's happening yeah we're, we're doing it <laughs> you know uh, and it was amazing. Like we we all loved it. It was it was tiring, long hours as it is this time of the year. But the thing that really made me happy was Sunday. Everybody was still laughing. They're still cracking jokes. They're still smiling. And you're like, it's worth it. It's absolutely worth it to ha- to you know be in that kitchen with that team and just have all those good vibes. Just like pumping out is yeah it's 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 good to be back it's fucking good to be back it is good to be back and, and, and sydney is well and truly back yeah that feels very nice i think i'm gonna leave it at that i feel like that's a good 
I think that's a good ending. I think it's, I think that is a good ending. It is just good to be back. It is good to and be just, back. Yeah, I, I'm good for that. <laughs> Very good. Um, all right. Well, I think I'm gonna I'll leave it at that. Thanks for tuning in to today's episode. If you enjoyed it, please follow or leave a review at wherever you listen to your podcast. You can also check out the new website over at rootshospitality.com.au. Be sure to subscribe to hear about the latest guest, new behind-the-lens photos, and much more. Cheers.